Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Born to Talk Radio Show. I'm your host, Marsha Witeka. Conversations plus connections equals community. Those are my three C's. The heart of my show is what's your story? It's my belief we all have stories. Some are similar, others are uniquely different. Storytelling brings the passions of my guests to life through our conversations. So be prepared to be entertained, informed, and inspired. Welcome to today's show. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining me today. My guest is Captain Timothy Pemberton. He is from the Santa Monica Salvation Army Adult Rehabilitation Center. And I want to welcome you to the show, Captain Tim. So glad you're joining us today. Hello, Marcia. How are you today? I'm just dandy, as my husband would have said. So this is an opportunity for those of us that know something about the Salvation Army, but maybe there's a lot we don't know. And and that's doing the most good, which is what your mission is. And I'm just delighted to have you share that with us. But before we get into the Salvation Army, I think it would be really interesting, I know I'm interested, if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself. Absolutely. Um, I currently call home Santa Monica. Uh, it's the beautiful enclave next to the ocean. Um, mm-hmm. The... the the center I work at is also right here in Santa Monica. Uh, I'm currently enrolled as a student at the uh, Point Loma Nazarene University, and I'm studying mm. to get my master's in organizational leadership. Uh, I've already received my undergrad in leadership, and uh, my family lives here with me, and my family is uh, my son, my, my daughter, my adopted son, who we just had uh, come and uh, join our family during the pandemic, which is mm. an absolute joy. He, we adopted him from the foster care system. Uh, and then we have my daughter, uh, who has a granddaughter, who has a daughter of her own, uh, who uh-huh. is uh, a blessing. And she lives with us also. Wow. That's so congrats. I, I know of people that have gone through the foster care program and have completed adoption and so that's a blessing and it's a blessing for you and it's a blessing for your son so that's that's just wonderful that makes that that fills my heart with joy for you that's that's lovely and i know that um tanya is also involved in the salvation army and what i was wondering is what inspired you and tanya to become Salvation Army officers? Wow, that's a very uh, in-depth <laughs> question. Okay. Um, many, uh, many years ago, um, I was struggling with drugs and alcohol. And mm. Tanya and I were both stug- struggling with drugs and alcohol. And uh, we were living in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and uh, we just decided one day that we wanted to get away from the drugs that, was, that, was, that were in Albuquerque, mm-hmm. And uh, so we picked up the family and we moved to San Diego, California. Uh, okay. And you know what? As, as, it w- as, as it would be, there was drugs there and alcohol there too. So oh that boy. did not solve the problem. No. My wife got plugged into a place called the San Diego Croc Community Center. 
where it was uh, two blocks from our house in San Diego. And uh, it's a wonderful uh, Salvation Army campus where there's uh, 10, and actually I think it's 12 acres uh, that Joan Crock donated to the Salvation Army and built a amazing community center there. So my, my daughter, who was six years at that time, uh, was going to the, uh, the children's programs there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, my wife um, was invited me to come and see the children's program. Well, instead of me showing up there when I was supposed to, I ended up going out drinking, and uh, I got into a DUI uh, incident, oh boy. Uh, which, which, was, which turned into an auto accident, and uh, I ended up in jail. Oh, my and gosh. And so when my, when my wife came to visit me in jail, um, I told her that I needed help, that I, I couldn't stop drinking on my own, that I was at my rock bottom. And uh, so she went home and started making phone calls, trying to find a program for me to go to. And uh, she remembered somebody at the at the San Diego Croc Center uh, mentioning that they had struggled with addiction uh, prior, and so she called uh, Officer um, Captain David Leonard, and he was the one at the San Diego Croc Center, and, and she asked him. She says, "My husband's struggling with alcoholism and drug addiction, and and he doesn't seem to be able to. Uh, he can't seem to conquer it on his own." And so Captain David Leonard actually said, let me call you right back and hung up on her. And she, think, she thought to herself, how rude is that, that, that mm-hmm. uh, the, the captain <laughs> of the Salvation Army would hang, her, hang up on her and, call, and say, I'm going to call you back. Well, he called back in five minutes and said, as soon as your husband gets out of jail, make sure that he doesn't drink or use any drugs, and I have a program for him to go to. Mm-hmm. That program was the San Diego Adult Rehabilitation Center run by the Salvation Army. And so, okay. uh, and so I found a new way of living while I was in that program. I found the tools that I needed to be successful uh, in sobriety. And so I went mm-hmm. through that six-month program, and while I was in that program, my uh, wife became homeless because I was the primary breadwinner. And uh, she ended up moving into a different Salvation Army program where she – three or four months after I, my sobriety date, she has, she has her sobriety date. And it's because she w- uh, moved into that other program, and that's where she found her sobriety was in the transitional living program where she had my daughter and my son with, living with her. So the Salvation Army uh, met us where we needed help, mm-hmm. and they showed us a new way of living. And so we stayed plugged into the Salvation Army for so long, uh, after the after my uh, program with addiction and her uh, moving out of the transitional living shelter, we continued to go to the San Diego Cross Center. Um, and then when the opportunity arose to uh, join the Salvation Army, we jumped at it because it was a no-brainer. Um, mm-hmm. They had done so much for us, uh, and we were so grateful and indebted that we wanted to give back to others what was so freely given to us. That is really a beautiful story, and I'm sure it's not always easy to tell. Those were very difficult times, but it's it's wonderful how you both found your way out. And yeah. now that the Salvation Army was such a huge part of your life, 
what is the process of becoming a Salvation Army officer, and how did you and your wife join? It's very interesting that you asked that. Uh, as a Salvation Army officer, we're also ordained ministers. Okay. Um, the uh, the Salvation Army, uh, if you see one of their, their officers that look like an airline pilot around town or, yeah. or, or at one of their centers, um, it, it's because they've uh, they've signed up to become a uh, an ordained minister of the Salvation Army. And the ordained ministers in the Salvation Army um, go to a two-year training college uh, where you're called a cadet, um, mm. and you spend two years as a cadet. And uh, they train you in nonprofit management. They train you in uh, uh, preaching and Bible studies and uh, addiction uh, uh, addiction classes and psychological classes. And uh, and by the time you graduate, there in 18 months, uh, they send you out um, wherever they choose to an appointment where they'll uh, they'll let you stay for a time until they decide they need your 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 um, your skills somewhere else. And then they will move you. Um, so we actually do not know when we're going to be moved, uh, but that can come at any time. But when we graduated from that from that Crestmont College, um, Crestmont Training College, we walked across the stage in front of thousands of people. Wow. And uh, as we walked across the stage, uh, we stood in front of the commissioner, and that's where he told us where we were going. Our first appointment in the Salvation Army was the uh, – Aurora um, Community Corps, where we operated a daycare on behalf of the Salvation Army and a small church. And then uh, mm. we were there for two, two and a half years, and then we got the call that says, uh, Captain Timothy and Captain Tanya Pemberton, we are going to move you to the Santa Monica Adult Rehabilitation Center. Wow. Wow. So are you, are you both captains, or is Tanya a lieutenant? I'm, I'm not sure about that. So, so uh, for the first five years of being a Salvation Army officer, you have the rank of lieutenant, uh, and Tanya and myself uh, both have the rank of captain now. Nice. And you might be wondering, you might be wondering why we're called captain and lieutenant. Um, in 1865, our founder William Booth uh, was in London, England, and he saw a need for people who were struggling with uh, homelessness and going to prison and and uh, the prostitutes that were on the street, and he, he thought that they had to do something. So he invented, uh, he didn't invent, he founded what was called the Christian Mission. And the Christian Mission uh, went on for several years, at named the Christian Mission, but it was about 15 years after it was formed uh, that he saw a newspaper, and the newspaper said, the Christian Mission is one great volunteer army. And he thought to himself, he scribbled out volunteer, and he wrote in salvation. And that's wow. how the Salvation Army was born. And from that point on, he, became, he was the general superintendent. He became the general. And the officers that were ministers, they became um, uh, captains and, and lieutenants and majors. Wonderful. In, in order of rank, like in the military, so is captain – Above or below major? Where how does that how does that work? So the first two years were were cadets at training college. Okay. Uh, after, after we're commissioned, we we're commissioned with the rank of lieutenant, and we hold that rank for five years. 
Okay. After five years, uh, we're eligible to be uh, promoted to captain, and we can hold that rank up until the 15th year of officership. Oh. At the, fifth, at the 15th year of officership, we are eligible to be promoted again to the rank of major, and that's the highest rank that you can get based on time. There are higher ranks in the Salvation Army, but they're on appointment basis only, so that we have lieutenant colonels and colonels and commissioners, and, uh, of course, I we see. have the general. Right. That's really interesting. And I, I, I would guess that there are people that are hearing that information for the first time, and I, I appreciate that. And I also just want to let people know that you have a sensational website. Um, and for those of you that are listening I'm going to say it, but you will also see that on my website and every place on social media. But if you're, if you're listening right now and you're thinking, darn, I want to go over there, if you just type in www.santamonicaarc.salvationarmy.org, you will, you will find that. And the Santa Monica Adult Rehabilitation Center is right up there at the top of that that page so that you can you can see that um you know it's so interesting because uh, i i'm guessing but i would i'm curious how has your experience with addiction influenced your work at the santa monica um, salvation army rehabilitation center how how were you able to transition that experience well, currently I uh, oversee the rehabilitation of 60 men who are uh, recovering from substance use disorder. And uh, I tell them all the time that the only difference between me and them is that I went into the program coming up on 16 years uh, in, in a couple of days. Wow. Uh, and, wow, congratulations. And the fact that, thank you. And then it's the fact that they're in the program now that I can – personally relate to them because I've walked a mile in their shoes. I get yes. what it's like to not be able to stop using a chemical, to be enslaved to that chemical. And uh, I feel that God had put me on a mission uh, way back when, uh, mm-hmm. re- allowed, me to, allowed me to go to my lowest and then allowed me to find the healing at the Salvation Army because I, I believe God knew one day that I would also be sharing the hope and the light with others who are struggling with the same struggle that I had. Those 60 men that you just mentioned, are they housed in this rehabilitation center? Do they, they're not on the streets. They are living within the, the confines of the center? That's correct. We have uh, wonderful living, uh, living quarters for the, for the men that are in our program. Uh, they have... Uh, they have a beautiful place where they can lay their head. Uh, of course, it's, nice. uh, it's a little bit of communal living, um, yes. but they, it's, it's a very nice building. It's a, very, uh, um, uh, it's a great place to go, go to be able to recover from your addiction. Do you also have, within that um, um, complex, do you also have a place that women can also go and, and have help with their addiction? So currently in Santa Monica, we have a men's-only program, uh, but we do have other pro, other Salvation Army ARCs in the Los Angeles area that are run by other officers that do have women's programs. Uh, we I have see. one in Pasadena. We mm-hmm. have one in 
Anaheim. Um, I believe that I know I'm forgetting one right now, but we have three of okay. them in this area that also have women's programs. So if but, a woman comes to ahead. us, in, mm-hmm. if a woman comes to us and, and needs help, uh, we facilitate getting them to one of those other locations. That's terrific. And, you know, I think it's obvious that we know this. You and I happen to live just a few miles away from one another, but people that are listening could be living on the other side of the country. Salvation Army isn't something that's just in California, in the Santa Monica area. People that are listening, they may be saying, you know, my son, my daughter, my brother, my my husband, my grandpa, whomever, they could perhaps benefit from this as well. They can also just go to Salvation Army's website and look for a location near them. Am I right about that? Absolutely. We have over 100 centers uh, throughout the country, adult oh, rehabilitation centers that, that help uh, people who are struggling with addiction find a new way of life. That's great. So as you think about this this career you've, you find yourself in, what's been the most rewarding aspect of your work at this, as a Salvation Army officer? Oh, that's easy. Um, that's, is that easy? Oh, okay. Ready. Yeah, so that's easy. That's an easy question because it's the successes of the individuals I work with. Uh, I, I like to say that uh, we're in the business of giving children their fathers back, mothers their sons back, and wives their husbands back. And, of course, it, it, at the programs that have women, uh, it's giving children their mothers back also. And sure. so the most rewarding aspect of my journey as a Salvation Army officer is to be able to minister and, and give back and spread light into lives uh, that were so dark for so long. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I, totally, I totally get it because I, I walk that walk once again. Uh, so my greatest uh, joy is seeing the successes that come from our program. So, <laughs> excuse me, back to these 60 men. So you've got 60 men in the program, and five of them have left, or five of them maybe have graduated. Do do you have, a, a for lack of a better term, a revolving door so that 60 is your maximum? But if some have succeeded and have worked their way through the program, do others come in? Or, are they, or is it a class of, you know, 60 men and you don't take any others until this class graduates? How does that part work? Oh, no, it's, it's lack of, for lack of a better word, it, it is not necessarily a revolving door, but uh, we are always intaking new individuals in our program every single day. Uh, okay. If, some, if somebody leaves our program because they succeeded, they graduated, and at the end of six months, we don't ask them to leave the program. At the end of six months, we try to help them reintegrate into society. So they could stay at sure. our program for the initial six months, but then they can stay at our program for another six months or they're finding that job or they're finding that sober living while they're finding the next uh, phase of their life. And we help them and um, facilitate that for their lives so that we can make sure that they're just not put back out on the street once they're done yes. with the program, that they've got somewhere to go. But in the Los Angeles area, we have over, I believe it's 600 beds. Uh, oh, my beds. gosh. And, wow. And so – there's always a bed that's available somewhere in Los Angeles. 
Wow. Thanks for clarifying that because that is a, an important aspect of this because I'm thinking, guys, 60 beds, you know, that's 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 a, a minuscule amount of how many beds you would possibly need. So after the six months with you and they are successful, they can go and they don't have a job yet. They can go to one of those other treatment centers around the city. What? Well, they they they, they oh, remain with us. Yeah, oh. so they, so they can they can remain with us in our program uh, or whatever program they're in until they uh, get that job and get uh, enough money to be able to move into a sober living. Uh, we do have bridge houses that are available for up to two years after uh, individuals graduate our program. So you go through the first six months, uh, you find that sobriety, you find that foundation. The next uh, Three to six months, you find you use that time to find a job and get plugged back into society and find a sober living or go to one of our bridge houses. And if you go to our bridge house, then you have another two years uh, that's still in a nice, uh, safe, sober environment where you can uh, save up money so that eventually you can move out into your own apartment. Mm. Uh, here in Santa Monica, we work closely with Community Corps. Uh, they're a nonprofit here that uh, is uh, uh, instrumental in the low housing, uh, low income housing market. And so, when our guys get to graduation at that six month uh, mark, if they plan on staying in the Santa Monica area, the Los Angeles area, uh, we get them put onto the list for low income housing, so that when their time's up at the sober living. Generally, uh, enough time has lapsed, and their their number comes up on the low-income housing list, and they're able to move into permanent housing. That's great. And can they can their family join them there, or is it in just individuals? Um, so when they're uh, at the bridge house, uh, their family does not join them at that point. Um, okay. We do have a, we do have another program here in Los Angeles called Westwood Transitional Village, where if we have an individual that goes through our program. Uh, and they have a family that they need to reunite with, uh, we're able to work with St. Joseph's and get them a referral oh, yes. to go into, mm-hmm. into Westwood Transitional Village. And, and when they go in there, they can immediately reunite with their family after they've completed our six-month program. That's lovely. I'm familiar with St. Joseph's Center. Um, I, I, I know we have a lot of questions to go through here, and I'm just, I know I keep adding on to these questions because I'm oh, so right. interested. I am really interested in this. Um, maybe you could just briefly share a memorable success story. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just recently, um, we had an individual that uh, was working for us, and he went to work for Community Corps as a resident manager. But I'll take you back four years. Uh, his name's John. I don't want to John H. I don't want to give out his last name. All right. Uh, but he. He came to our program, and he was he was uh, he was tore up. He did not look good, and uh, he came to our program straight from custody. Uh, he had told me that while he was in custody, uh, he heard about the Salvation Army program, and so he wanted to come to our program. And and when he he showed up here, he he committed himself to doing whatever it takes to change his life. Well, John Mm -hmm. completed the first six months of his program. 
uh, after the first six months, he actually applied uh, to be a kitchen supervisor with us. Hmm. And because he had he had worked in the kitchen for three of those six months, he had the skills that he needed uh, to be able to come to work for us. Uh, where he started off as a kitchen supervisor, he worked his way up to being the uh, resident manager. So he he actually oversaw the day-to-day operations of what was going on there with the men uh, after about two years post-sobriety. And about three years post-sobriety, he came to work up in our front office as a uh, program aide, a program secretary. And then a position open for him to be an intake coordinator with us, which he jumped on when he had the opportunity. Uh, and it was his job to bring people into our program that were just like him. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, throughout this time where he was working his way up with, with us, he was also going to school uh, for electrical engineering. Oh, my just gosh. For- just a couple of months ago, he got an offer from an electrician to, uh, as an entry-level uh, ele- electrical helper uh, where he could start using those skills that he learned uh, in school while he was going through our program. Now he lives on his own. He's about two blocks from here. He works uh, a, a part-time job for Community Corps uh, uh, managing one of their properties, but at the same time, he also works for an electrician, and he continues to come back and sponsor the men who are in the program now. Mm. So he, he he has come full circle to where he from where he needed help to coming all the way to the point where he's able to give back freely. Oh gosh, that's just that's just that's a beautiful story. Um, let's let's talk about the thrift stores because. Um, I was just by the thrift store yesterday, um, not far from where I live, and um, and I do donate to the Salvation Army. I've got clothes I can't use any longer. Um, so let's let's talk about what can happen at the thrift, thrift stores and how can people um, purchase and how can people donate. Well, the Salvation Army operates the largest and most successful nationwide network of no-fee adult rehabilitation centers. Uh, And we're able to do that because of the thrift stores and the generous donations of the community that brings us all these wonderful donations that we can sell in our thrift stores. Uh, When somebody uh, donates to our donation center, that that, that gift um, then gets processed and it ends up in one of our thrift stores uh, with a price tag on it. And when somebody walks into those stores, they're able to purchase something and save themselves some money. Uh, they're mm-hmm. able to save the planet because it's reusing uh, mm-hmm. items that would have ended up in the landfill. And then those funds are, are what's used to uh, fund our program here. So we all, all the money that's made from those donations comes directly into the Santa Monica Salvation Army uh, from our thrift stores. And that's how we're able to operate a no-fee rehab. So everybody who comes to us, they pay nothing for our service. uh, They're there for up to a year, and when they leave, they don't have a bill. They don't have a copay. They don't have to worry about an insurance company that's going to uh, limit their benefits. They're able to take uh, full advantage of our program and not have mm-hmm. to worry about uh, being in debt for the rest of their lives when they leave. So let me ask you this. 
I happened to be in the Hawthorne um, um, Salvation Army store. I was near Santa Monica. So does that mean that the money that are the the purchasing that happens there, or in my case, the donations that I've made there, that goes to support the closest Salvation Army to that center? Is that how that's decided? Yes, absolutely. Uh, the store that I think you're referring to is next to the Vons. It is. Uh, and it's uh, it's actually in the city of Redondo Beach. It's just a little sliver of Redondo oh, Beach right. sticking out there. You're yeah, right. yeah. So that that store right there, it does uh, the the revenue that's raised at that store also comes to fund us in Santa Monica. We have one store in downtown LA. We have the two stores that are in Redondo Beach, and we have mm-hmm. uh, the two stores that are here in Santa Monica. And all those five store stores combined is what raises the money to fund this program here. There was a time, and I don't know because I I haven't really noticed it in quite some time. You used to be able to call the Salvation Army, and they would come and pick up your donations. Has that stopped? Um, sadly, we see those had trucks to. Anymore. Yeah, yeah, we had to suspend that service. Uh, it became very costly to operate those trucks, almost to the point where uh, it wasn't worth collecting yeah. uh, the donations in the community with the amount of maintenance that we had to provide those trucks and the, the, the cost of the insurance. fuel uh, right. and the, the insurance and everything. And yeah. so it, it became cost prohibitive, prohibitive for us to continue the uh, donation pickups. But anybody who wants to make a donation to us can go online to our website and find the closest donation center to them. Sure. Uh, we have them all around the city here. Yes, you do. All but the if country. somebody, well, I, that, and that's what's wonderful, but if somebody, say, had a desk or a dresser, something that's substantially heavy, you're going to have to figure out a way to get it to you guys. Is that right? Or do you not accept any furniture at your stores? We, we do accept furniture at our stores. Uh, we have lots of individuals who are moving, and they have rented a moving truck, and their last uh, stop after they've dropped everything oh. off at their house, uh, they drop it off at our donation center where, nice. we, gladly accept, nice. where we gladly accept any donations that uh, we can resell in our thrift store, so as couches and desks and uh, mm-hmm. chairs and so forth. That's, that's, that's terrific. That's good to know. And so I guess one more question about the stores themselves. When people donate their clothing, does it just go straight from those bags and those bins where you do get a tax-deductible receipt, which I have. I got that with my files. Does it, does the, do the clothes get laundered, or do they really just go into the in, online? I mean, just they get hung up and ready to go. Uh, the clothes that come into us, yeah, usually they've already been laundered. Um, I see. We, Perfect. We don't, we don't, I imagine anybody who takes clothes down to the Salvation Army, they're not grabbing stuff out of their dirty clothes. They're grabbing stuff out of their closet that they don't wear anymore. Closets, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, they're grabbing stuff out of their drawer that they don't wear anymore. So those clothes comes to us laundered. Uh, We've never – we don't really have an issue with uh, clothes coming in that's dirty. And when we do, uh, those clothes are usually – sent to our baler if they're ripped, stained, torn, or, or filthy, uh, uh-huh. dirty, we'll, we'll send those to our baler, and those will get bailed. Uh, they don't go to our stores. Only the best of our clothes go to our stores. Uh, the, 
the bales then are sold overseas and are used um, for a couple different hmm. purposes. Uh, there's many markets over uh, in China and in African countries uh, where they are very happy to get clothes from America. Uh, and then the and then other uh, bales will get sold to carpet manufacturers overseas, where they shred hmm. shred the clothes and wow. turn it into carpets. So so the See, old, the, clo- the clothes wow. so the clothes that comes in that that we can't yeah so the clothes that comes in that uh, we can't sell in our thrift store uh, we don't. Throw them in the landfill. As a matter of fact, we divert millions and millions and millions of pounds of clothing out of the landfill every year, uh, and it, it all gets used. Well, i got to just tell you what, what occurs to me right now is I've been emptying out my closet. I suppose the next time I take a bag of clothes to the Salvation Army, how about taking a bag of hangers, Marsha? That would be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. That would be nice. Yep. I'm sure you guys would appreciate my hangers. There's nothing on them yep. if I took something off of them, right? Oh, my goodness. Right. Okay, moving away from the thrift stores that we all can relate to. I heard that you guys won an award in sustainability last year, and I thought maybe you could just talk about about that, what, what, that, what makes the Salvation Army sustainable. Well, um, first of all, uh, we had already discussed the uh, – the re- recycle, reuse, uh, model right. thrift stores. Uh, but beyond that, uh, in, here in Santa Monica, we've worked with the city to make sure that our buildings are 100% green. Uh, so we've changed cleaners that we've used, and we've uh, changed paper, copy paper that we use. Uh, and it's just minor changes, and we mm-hmm. made sure that our our faucets were not uh, putting out too much water, and that our showers were not putting out too much water. Uh, and we worked closely with the city for quite some time, um, and then we we eventually got certified as a green building. Really, we congratulations! Were, wow. Yeah, absolutely. What an honor it was. Uh, really? And then after that, we were nominated for a uh, Sustainable Quality Award here in Santa hmm. Monica, uh, which we won last year in our, in our uh, category of being a nonprofit. Uh, we came in, we won two of the awards, uh, and we were very honored to be able to participate in receiving those awards here in Santa Monica. Uh, and it was all because of the work that, uh, that we put in but also because the city was helping us along to become mm-hmm. a green uh, a green provider here in this city. That's 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 terrific news, and you know, certainly those of us that are familiar with where Santa Monica is, where Venice is, where certain communities along the beach are, we know that there's a homeless issue. In fact, you you forwarded to me a, a picture of yourself speaking with a homeless man. And I know that that's obviously something that touches all of us, and we all want to, well, I I would want to do what I could to support somebody that was homeless, whatever that looks like. But I thought maybe um, you could tell us a little bit more about those struggling with addiction and some of those actual programs that, that you actually offer there. Is it like a, 12, a 12-step program, like Alcoholics Anonymous? Is it something like that? 
so once again, we we have the uh, residential treatment center, the residential mm-hmm. rehabilitation center here here in Santa right. Monica with 60 beds. Uh, we have many uh, individuals who are coming directly from homelessness, uh, yeah. who have who have uh, just gotten sick and tired of living on the streets, and they just need a a place where they can go to find the help and guidance to escape that. Uh, and we're so we're very proud that uh, with the individuals that come to us from from uh, living on the streets, uh, that they're able to come into our program, find a new way of living. Uh, find mm-hmm. that transformation, uh, but also grab a hold of the skills that are that are offered to the men who come into our program. Uh, take full advantage of that, and eventually, uh, after the program and the bridge house and and uh, moving on, uh, getting their own permanent housing, uh, low income housing here in the city. Well, you you talked about your friend earlier and what he's what he's done. That just, it, it's its wonderful for him. It's an inspiration for others. If I can do it, you can do it. Maybe your story is a little different to get there. Maybe you have a hiccup in the road along the way. But I'm not here to judge you. I'm just here to help you. And it sounds right. that, that that is absolutely at the crux of what you're doing. You're, you're, not, you're not judging. You're simply saying you're struggling you don't have family that lives nearby. Your family has stepped away from you. You're lonely. You're scared. And you're just looking for help. And I'm just thinking, um, how, how do you support the families that are affected by addiction? Oh, so the Salvation Army is an amazing organization uh, worldwide. Um, we, are, we are in 130 countries uh, across the, world, the globe. Uh, and so we have a vast network of social services. Uh, we here uh, in Santa Monica, if we find that an individual's family is struggling wherever they're at, some of them are in here in Los Angeles, some of them are in Ventura, some of them are in um, Santa Barbara, and then some of them are just throughout the country because, you know, they can have family members anywhere, uh, children or spouses uh, or even mothers where we're able to refer them to their local Salvation Armies that uh, are able to support them um, as their loved one is trying to go through rehab and change their life. The Salvation Army is able to give uh, supportive measures to families. In addition to that, uh, we we believe strongly in uh, the whole family healing after addiction. Uh, so we recommend that family members also go to Al-Anon or, uh, or one of those self-help programs mm-hmm. or even get counseling so that they know how to uh, deal with their loved one when their loved one comes back into the home. Yeah, that makes, that makes and, a lot of sense. And furthermore, when, uh, when my wife uh, was in the transitional living shelter uh, in San Diego when I was in the program, uh, we had nothing to worry about. Everything that we needed was taken care of, so we were able to focus in on ourselves, our children, okay. and our healing of our marriage because our, our marriage took a beating through that time. I bet. Uh, sure. But, but we were able we were able to focus in all the, all that because the Salvation Army uh, met all of our needs while mm-hmm. we needed them the most. And so we we pride ourselves in being able to 
uh, open those doors uh, for the families of, of for the families of loved ones who are uh, um, suffering from addiction to be able to be supportive of them so that we can make sure that uh, their loved one doesn't have anything to worry about while they're in our mm-hmm. program. So we've talked sort of how the adults have been assisted. Um, do the children also get that same kind of help in, in, in trying to deal with the fact that their mom or their dad has had an addiction problem? So we don't, we don't have any specific uh, things that we do specifically for the children, but we, okay. we are making sure uh, that their parents, if they want to take part in parenting classes while they're in our program, uh, mm-hmm. we support the parents to support their children. Uh, we okay. We, we, we do offer summer camp, and we offer oh, nice. uh, our community centers. So the Salvation mm-hmm. Army has many community centers and summer camps uh, and uh, opportunities for children to take part in, uh, not necessarily for healing the family, but for healing the children themselves. They're able to um, go away to summer camp. Uh, we have one in uh, Big Bear. We have one in Malibu. Uh, mm. where the kids can just get away into the wilderness, and it's probably something that they weren't able to experience before and mm-hmm. just uh, have a wonderful time in God's beauty, uh, connecting with nature in a safe environment. Um, well, sometimes their their parents are in a rehab program. Sure. I mean, it can't be easy. The family is broken under, under those circumstances, and maybe when, where those children go, maybe the children are with grandparents or they're in some other yes. care care unit, and maybe the school knows about this, maybe the school doesn't know about this, but you know, um, everyone everyone is affected, and and I'm sure that that's very true. So. Your website is fabulous. I must just say your website is really outstanding. How how can the general public support or volunteer the work of the Salvation Army? Well, that's great that you asked that. Um, We, first of all, by going to our website, uh, that's one way that they can get plugged in for sure. Uh, It has all the information on there. Uh, but every day we see the transformative power of our program. It's individuals who are once struggling and lost, uh, they regain their dignity and purpose. And mm-hmm. uh, they're able to reconnect with their families and communities, and they find employment and lead productive, fulfilling lives. But the Salvation Army can't do it alone. We need, uh, right. we need the generous support of the, of the public in general. Uh, mm-hmm. I like to think that what we do here in Santa Monica is a community effort because if we didn't have the community bringing donations to our donation sites or writing checks to us to support our program or uh, offering, offering a second chance at life uh, or at careers for men who have come out of prison or or formerly homeless, uh, it's, it's a community effort that we're able to see that each part each person plays a part in the success of the individuals who are uh, uh, in our program finding that restoration. You know, I, it's interesting. I, I, I wrote a blog about our podcast um, that I put out on Thursday, and I was talking about sort of those did-you-know things. Because think about bell ringers. You know, 
<laughs> when you go into your local market or or wherever and you see people from the Salvation Army ringing the bell, having their kettle, you know, um, it's an implant. I, I, I have that in my brain. And it's, you know, and, and I, I, I believe you guys, I, I believe you guys still do that, don't you? Do you still have um, bell ringers? So we do have bell ringers once a year during the holiday season. Right, and they're the outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're outside the uh, grocery stores and the Walmarts across the country uh, right. with the sole purpose of raising uh, funds to assist uh, children and families uh, with holiday assistance. And, yes. uh, and then also the, the funds that are raised during that time uh, go to support the Salvation Army work throughout the year. Mm-hmm. And maybe you already said this, and I apologize if you did. Are you strictly national or are you international as well? Do you have Salvation Army locations outside of our country? We are in 130 countries worldwide. Uh, so wow. we have a presence in almost every country that's on the face of this planet. And uh, the Salvation Army does many different things in many different communities. Uh, Here in L.A., we have our drug and alcohol rehabs and our homeless services. uh, And then we have our community centers for children and, of course, our camps. Uh, But if you go to other countries, perhaps you'll see the Salvation Army's running hospitals because that's what was needed there. Uh, Or orphanages Mm. because that's what was needed in the other different parts of the country. So the Salvation Army does many different things uh, across the world, and uh, we like to think of ourselves as the largest social service network uh, in the world. That's so great, and it transitions to this next question for you because this is something that we both share. In fact, something you were doing earlier today, and that is we're both Rotarians. I belong to the Playa Venice Sunrise Rotary. You belong to the, you and Tanya belong to the Beverly Hills Rotary. I think you have. I think you are concluding a meeting today. So thank you for your generosity and actually stepping away and, and doing this with me. But how does the Rotary work with the Rehab Center? What, what's your connection to ro- Rotary and Rehab? When I had the first opportunity to join Rotary in Aurora, Colorado, I jumped at it, uh, and I. Mm-hmm. Knew, knew of Rotary, but I didn't know what Rotary did. And when mm-hmm. I found out exactly what Rotary did around the world, it was a no-brainer. Uh, service above self, and uh, yep. we're doing the most good. So those are like, those are like uh, sayings that totally go together. Uh, service above self is the Rotary saying, and then doing the most good is the Salvation Army saying. Uh, so the Salvation Army and the Rotary clubs all across the world work closely with each other to uh, bring hope and help and healing uh, into communities wherever um, the Rotary is at, you'll probably find a Salvation Army officer plugged into one of the clubs that are in that area. Uh, Particularly, in particularly Mm -hmm. in Beverly Hills, uh, some of the individuals who are on the, on my advisory board are also members of the Beverly Hills Rotary Club. Uh, so there's a crossover between the, uh, the individuals that serve at Rotary and also serve at the Salvation Army, uh, just like myself and my wife. Have you ever done any international travel um, with the Salvation Army? Have you been to any of these 130 uh, worldwide countries? 
I have not yet, but I am looking mm-hmm. forward to one day uh, traveling around the, the world and seeing the yes. Salvation Army and what we do worldwide. I have, however, traveled around our country, uh, and I did, I did get the opportunity to visit St. Martin uh, and saw a, the Salvation Army facility there and what they're doing there. It was, uh, it was amazing because they're, they're, they don't have a lot to work with and what they were able to do with what they were able to uh, uh, scrounge mm-hmm. up for donations. Uh, it was amazing what they're doing there. That's that's great. You 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 just a moment or two uh, mentioned something about Second Chances campaign and its goals, and I I've also included that because people can learn more about that off your website. But I'd love for you to just spend some time telling us about what the Second Chances campaign is all about. So we have uh, started a year-long campaign uh, called Second Chances, and the whole premise of this campaign is to let people know who are struggling with addiction that there's a second chance available. Uh, and it's not always necessarily through our program, but it's, uh, we want to let people know that there are programs available to them if they need a second chance. We have found that there's close to, uh, I don't have the number in front of me, but it's in the millions okay. of people who, mm-hmm. it's in the millions of people who every year want to go to rehab. They feel the need to go to a rehabilitation center because they're struggling with drugs or alcohol. And, and they can't go because either they don't have insurance or they have insurance that doesn't cover uh, the rehabilitation center or they just don't know where to go. And so the Second Chances campaign wants to speak directly to those individuals and let them know that there is hope. There's a place where they can go to find that healing that they need, and they don't have to suffer alone anymore, and that they can come into one of the Salvation Army programs and find a new life. And on May 17th uh, here in Santa Monica, we're going to have an open house with a few guests. Uh, who are going to be present that day, uh, who are going to be able to uh, speak into the Second Chances campaign. We, we, we think we might have a couple of uh, media crews there uh, so that when people see this on the news broadcast, uh, they, and if they're struggling or they know somebody's struggling, that they'll think to themselves, I can go get hmm. help there, or my exactly. loved one can go get help there. Yeah, I, I think that's terrific. And I'm I'm looking at your website and one of the things that I've noticed on here is that not only do you have the second chances, which is up at the top, and you can shop at our, your stores, but you also have you, you can donate a vehicle. Now that's that's something I didn't know that you that you that you will that you can donate an unwanted vehicle. Uh, so the Salvation Army, we receive all kinds of donations. Um, we can we can uh, turn vehicles that are unwanted. Uh, into money for our programs also. We have a car lot uh, in Anaheim that if you're in the market to get a cheap uh, vehicle, uh, uh, inexpensive vehicle, the Anaheim Salvation Army car lot is the place to go. Or if you're in the market to get rid of a vehicle that you no longer want, you can call 1-800-SA-TRUCK and they will uh, walk you through the process of scheduling mm-hmm. a tow truck to come and pick up your own unwanted vehicle so that it can be turned into uh, rehabilitation for people who are struggling. 
I see that's I mean, that's phenomenal. The other thing that you have is you have something called find a job you love. What's that all about? Find a job you love is our program to get people plugged into all the positions that we have within the Salvation Army world. Uh, once again, we're in 130 countries, so we have positions that are meaningful, that have purpose, that help, uh, that are, are designed to help others. To, mm-hmm. That's what we do. And so we want people to join our staff that have the same passion of helping others. Uh, And you can find a purpose and a meaning in your job if you come to work for the Salvation Army because of what we do in the world. We do so much good in the world, uh, doing the most good. That's doing the most good, just like you and I said, service above self when it comes to Rotary, which I think is, is just terrific. So... It sounds like, oh, and I also might just mention, because I'm still looking at your website while we're speaking, what I think is very interesting is that the greatest need right now is men's clothing. So if those of you are listening, that might be the greatest need at, at the Santa Monica Adult Rehab Center. It may be a different need where you live on an, in another city. So you can go to the Salvation Army that's, that's near you, that's in your community, and see what do they offer there. What, what could you do to donate? What, what, what can you do? Is there something you can do? It's spring. We're all doing that spring cleaning thing. You know, maybe it's just really you you just have a whole bunch of hangers you can't use anymore. Just take them. Do you also take, I, I think you do, do you take household things like plates and dishes, I mean dishes and pots and pans and those kinds of things as well? Absolutely. Uh, there's, uh, there's a few things that we can't take, like portable air conditioners or anything with hazardous materials inside of them. That makes uh, sense. But we do take we do take housewares, uh, and we also sell those in our thrift stores. So if anybody needs a, a wonderful set of plates, they're available in our thrift stores. And if anybody wants to donate a set of plates, they're all, uh, that, that's also very helpful for us. That's terrific. So it sounds like an enriched, full life that you have. So I know that I have a purposeful life. I don't do what you do, but what I do is purposeful for me. So what I'm wondering is, what do you and Tanya do in your free time? And I'm putting that in quotes because I have a feeling you don't have any, but perhaps you do. So, I mean, you live in beautiful Santa Monica. Maybe you go outside and look at the Ferris wheel. I don't know. But what, what, do, you like, what do you like to do in your free time? Oh, I absolutely love bike riding. Uh, it's just an escape uh, mm-hmm. from the, the grind of everyday life, just getting out there and, and right along the beach. It's a beautiful ocean that we live right next to. Uh, my wife loves to roller skate, and sometimes you'll see oh. us out on the Santa Monica boardwalk uh, where I will be riding and she'll be in tow on roller skates. Uh, beyond that, we love to spend time with our family. Uh, we love mm-hmm. to uh, find opportunities to serve outside the uh, Salvation Army, uh, if possible, uh, or other opportunities to serve in the Salvation Army outside of our adult rehabilitation center. Uh, so yeah. we we just love to we love to be of service and we love to uh, make a difference in the community. You know, I'm I'm thinking about our t- our commonality with Rotary, and I know there was just a big thing in Belize, and there's always something 
international with Rotary where you can go places and do things. It seems like a really um, uh, interesting way that you could tie the two together um, and perhaps go someplace where Rotary is, you know, making maybe they're digging wells or they're they're um, refurbishing a school or a fire station or whatever that might be. You know, obviously human trafficking is huge. We both know about that. That is a big thing that Rotary works at um, trying to stop. So it would be kind of cool, I think, in the future if somehow you could combine Rotary and the Salvation Army. And if you could, uh, is is the Salvation Army in South Africa by any chance? Yes. Do you know? It is. We have a presence there, yes. Have you ever have you ever been in any of these international country places at this point, or not really? Oh, like I said, the only place I visited outside of our country is uh, the Salvation Army in St. Martin, um, and I was able to go there because I won the trip on the prices, right? What? Okay, wait. Now you just can't throw that out there and not continue. You are yeah. on the prices, right? Yeah, so right you before are the COVID next hit, uh, contestant on the price is right. Yeah, Holy so right cow. Hit, right before wow. COVID hit, my wife and I went down to the to be audience members and uh they chose me to be on the show and I was able <laughs> to uh win win on contestants row and, and I got on stage and and I uh had played this game called pushover where you push the blocks until they fall over. Uh, and I guessed <laughs> the price of the trip to Saint Martin. And then I got to spin the wheel, and I was able to uh, get into the showcase showdown uh, all the way oh to that my point. God. And, and then uh, I, I had, like, this beautiful showcase with this boat and this trip, and, and uh, uh, it, was, it was absolutely wonderful. But I, over, I overbid by $1,500 more than the other contestants. So she won the showcase, but I still won uh, two iPhones. Uh, two iPhone 10s at the time, and uh, a trip to St. Martin. All expenses paid, all inclusive. It was a wonderful trip too. That's in the where is where is St. Martin? It's in the Luce, what, 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 It's an island group, right? Yeah, it's in the Caribbean. Caribbean. Uh, so it's uh, yeah, so it's it's a beautiful island out uh, east of Florida. Is it right? Yeah, east of Florida. So uh-huh. uh, and and it's it's about maybe two or three hundred miles out there in the ocean. It's just a beautiful <laughs> island, but it's very impoverished. Uh, they have a oh. great tourist uh, tourist uh, community, but uh-huh. uh, while I was there, I got to visit the Salvation Army. I got to see the other side of the island. So it, it really broke my heart how impoverished they are, uh, and I realized how blessed we are in this country. Uh, because right. We 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 are a rich country here. Uh, we have much more. Uh, even even the individuals who have hardly anything in our country have more than uh, uh, people who are so impoverished in other parts of the country. Just just our running water, right? Yeah. Just I'm, our I'm running world. water. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, um, I think that I need to let you go now because I know that you're ending your your Rotary meeting and you were kind enough to step out of the end of that to to join me today. So I just want to thank you, Captain Timothy Pemberton, for what you are doing to make a difference 
in this world and Tanya as well. Just congratulations. Keep up the good work. I, I've really learned a lot, and I, I'm truly grateful for the time you've spent with us today. Well, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. Okay, everybody, you know what to do. Get those donations in. Go visit that website because everybody wins when you do do that. And I'm going to let everybody go for now, and I'll see you again next week. Thanks, everybody. Bye for now.